find the sponsor. I like too smart on right. them on the Ross threads. I guess like a fucking queen in her nice mirror throne. She is right. The mirror's been fixed. She oh. is gaming. She's gaming that throne. All right, yes, you want to kick, yes. kick it off? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Lady Blurred Sings the Blues with your girls Kylie Teensmart and sometimes V. We are both 30 flirting and thriving. Can't you tell? It's a good morning episode, so you get us in our morning Sunday faces at our best. Daddy, daddy, we came to party. What's up, D? How you doing? Mango bar. <laughs> it's the best I feel like thing. people are going to be like, is this the hungover episode? <laughs> right? No, it's just the like, tired adult episode. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I Yesterday was my recovery day. I, there wasn't drinking. It was, I was dehydrated. Now we're old. <laughs> When you're a grown-up, you need to recover from uh, being grown-ups. I know. I need to recover being a grown-up. I was basically saying, probably earlier, that I feel like the moment I turned 30, this shit has been hitting the fan with my health. I've been having wisdom teeth complications. And, uh, you know... And I've been having more headaches. So I'm gonna have a good morning, eat this mango bar for breakfast. That oh, sounds yeah, like a nutritionally sound <laughs> breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got, because of this toothache, like you have to take like antibiotics for it. And like I dehydrated and got super warm and I'm like, oh my God, am I getting sick? And so, you're like not I, in this climate. Mm-hmm. I found one of those Mexican stores with the freezer, <laughs> with the freezer at the impulse buy section, and I just grabbed a bunch of mango bars. Just like helado, helado, helado. I love mm-hmm. the mango bars. Those mm-hmm. and like the coconut ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel cool. Other than being oh, cool. A dehydrated adult. How was your week? Mm. It's been I. Um, it's been busy. I feel like are you have you been practicing for your upcoming show? Yeah, that's what I've been practicing. Thank you. Yeah, obviously I'm all <laughs> the way there, guys. Say, um, yeah, I have a show coming up on Cinco de Mayo. It's gonna be with Seventh Street Big Band, but AKA. The little bands because we're keeping it safe. Um, I am going to make an attempt <laughs> to use this mask on stage. We don't know if it's going to work out, but because we're trying to stay safe and we are still in a pandemic, this mask, <laughs> check this out. You think like, okay, like how are you going to play through this mask, right? But it has a little hole. Bitch, what? No, I can't do. Although I, I kind of say like, 
You kind of look like you have a mustache and beard, and it's really cute. Dude, this is like the booty eating mask. Like, stop! <laughs> like, you wear this mask if you want to be socially distanced while having sex. And if Come you're like, eating <laughs> but if you want the booty eating portal, here it is. <laughs> okay, I, I'll stop. today. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so apparently when I put the mouthpiece in this hole, it's supposed to close around it. So that way I'm staying safe. And then when I take the mouthpiece out, it's supposed to return back to its form. We'll see how it works. I'm not 100% convinced, but I'm just being preventative. So no, that's awesome. (laughs) I think like people are so creative, like there's a will, there's a way. They're like, we got to perform. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we got to stay safe. <laughs> That's great. That's so great. Yeah. It's called the blowhole mask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll see how that works out. A, trombone playing, being a wind instrumentalist, you know. So I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying to do my part because some of these guys I mean, some of the band I've seen like all year because they've been kind of part of my COVID quarantine buddy system. Mm-hmm. But um, but a couple of the other members I have not seen. Or like they absolutely ghosted me during the pandemic, which I don't blame them. They're like, fuck a pandemic, fuck my job. Like they're trying to figure their shit out. So like, I, I don't blame them for not, for them not being proactive about seeing people because obviously it's a pandemic. So uh, but it would be exciting to see them, but also with excitement, I also want to be careful. So Ching. so that's how my week's going. But the music should be pretty good. I'm excited. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I low-key really wanted you guys to do it like the pool party thing, just so you could play in that cute little rubber shark floaty. <laughs> Every time I, I was... see that video, it's so good. <laughs> oh yeah, she's talking about the uh, 7th Street big band music video for um one man's trash and yeah i was wearing a shark floaty it was it was dope it was so to keep that thing up by the way i had to use like a pillow on my ass so it gave it more padding so it didn't slide down or i didn't have to like squat the whole time to keep it up on my body so i it it looked we were standing upright but it's because we had pillows stuffing the back so it wouldn't slip off look at this and Free industry, uh, industry secrets. <laughs> industry. Good morning. <laughs> oh my God. How's your week, Kylie? How are you doing? It looks oh. like you fixed the mirror on your throne. I'm glad yes. that every time I see you, there's a new enhancement with the house. Even if it's with small things like furniture, I am so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so just uh, this week, um, I kind of, like, with the whole, like, signing for the house, I kind of just relaxed and, like, did a pampering mm-hmm. week, um, like, face masks, and, like, I got my nails did, and, you know, I actually took a nice bath and used some, like, lovely body scrub and just, ooh. like, chilled out. Um, ooh. ooh. I went on a hike yesterday, which... Ah. Sorry, go on. I miss hiking you know, so much. Yes. You know when you like used to do something a lot all the time and you're like, I remember this, no biggie. 
Um, and then you do the thing and you're like, wow, like I can really feel like my body. And it just kind of inspired me to freaking get off my couch, stand up at work, like do the little mini like physical breaks because it does like make a difference. Um, we hiked to the Gashawa Dam, um, which is, you know, it's like uphill and knobbly and it was hot, but mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Like once we got to the top, so you can't swim at the dam. Mm-hmm. It's drinking water. So they're like, get out of it, you, you nasty humans. <laughs> <laughs> but it was beautiful. Wildflowers abound. We, we had a little dog with us and like, she's a 10 year old little wiener dog. And she had a cute little fat fluffy butt. She was my total motivation. She was like, keep me going. Her name's Lucy. I was like, go, Lucy, go. (laughs) (laughs) And then we went to um, a watering hole Mm -hmm. and went swimming. That water was so cold. (laughs) That water was so fucking cold. I literally jumped in and had to jump right back out and just like sun on the rocks. Because I was like, okay, I did the thing. But it is freezing. I feel like it probably did wonders for my like tired muscles. I probably think that's why I don't feel as achy today. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that was whew, cold, cold, but that's yeah. really nice. Like I, it's just like river adventures. I had dropped like my new pink uh, or purple, like big Ross water bottle mm-hmm. in there and it like floated down. And as we were hiking, I got to go rescue it. So I was like, Oh, it's a, it was still a good, good day. Good adventure. Yeah. It's got to be like, a wild child um and then it was my friend's birthday do, 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 do. shout out nick crew <laughs> uh, so, happy birthday nick crew happy 31 <laughs> <laughs> i hope he's living um, the best life in daily city yeah he's, he's doing right he was helping his mom out um down here so um that was actually nice <laughs> um, got to catch up with some other people. <laughs> um, and it had been, like, the first time that I'd been, like, out, out like, to a bar bar in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's had, like, outdoors. I don't know if you've ever been. Do you remember Carbones? No. No. Mm-mm. Like, um, down on, like, like, house and stuff. It's nice. It's, they've got, like, a little, they set up in the courtyard type situation. They've got some tables out there. It's nice open air. Um, right. So that was really nice. And uh, now it's just doing the podcast. Doing the podcast. Doing the podcast. Out. Hanging out. Oh, my Being gosh. Adult. So I'm um, moving along to some current events. Yes. Um, bringing up local and not so local news that impacts us all. Um, so an interesting thing popped up on Twitter this week. Uh, a, a woman... Um, Name is Cynthia Cow. She is a director uh, for like a lot of like shorts. Uh, she did a recent short last year that I remember seeing um, some like you know retweets about, and it was called Groundhog for a Black Man. Uh, this was in response of kind of like the Philando Castile, George Floyd, um, George Floyd uh, incidences, and. Um, Basically, it's about a black man who does everything in his power or basically, okay, he wakes up and he goes about his day, he gets pulled over 
and then he gets killed. He, and he wakes up and he's like, was that a dream? And then he goes about his day again. And every time he dies, he relives the same day. It's, but, it's like Groundhog Day, but for <laughs> this, this black man and his trauma, and it's just like the, the total example of like, well, I it's mean, not that we're doing anything wrong. We're just simply trying to wake up and exist. Well, it, it, basically all he's doing is like he's reliving the same day with di- with different with different ways of how he's trying to handle uh, his encounters with the police. Um, and he and no matter what he does, whether if he's has his registration and license ready to having his his uh, even even just saying like, hey, I'm letting you know, like I have something in my glove box. I do have a firearm too. I only have a book. He like, he gets shot every single time. He tries to walk, he gets shot. Like there's always like, it's very Russian doll. I don't know if you guys have ever watched that series on Netflix, but it's very Russian doll where it's like, you die, you wake up and you relive the same events. Like, um, but you do something different to try to avoid your demise. Um, so, anywho, Cynthia addressed that um, that so far the video I think on YouTube has about three million views. Uh, so, like, it, it again, it was to create awareness about how Black people um, are often um, targeted for no matter what they do, um, and that they are that they'll do everything to be reasonable to, you know, just following instructions, and th- like the cops will still do something to really harm them. Um, so now this, which is another, um, news platform, like reached out to her and said, this is great. Can we do like a quick, like feature on you with our, with our, um, platform? And she's like, yeah, sure. This is great. So they featured her, which I saw the other video following up. Like, this is what her video was about addressing the issues with uh, systemic oppression with black people, with black people and black men. Um, and so, She's like, this is cool. Then awesome. Now, warp to about like maybe a year later, um, there was a movie that came out on Netflix, um, which is, I believe it's called Two Strangers, where it's about the same thing. Like two black men going about their day, they die, their life is restarted. Um, same deal. And she's like, huh, this seems familiar. Now, in the credits, it shows something to the effect that, like, produced by, or whatever it said, produced by Now This, which was the news platform, and some other producer. And she's like, so they're just going to plagiarize my work and not get my insight and not have me part of the project. Like, she didn't say any of that, but it was basically implied. She was very polite about it. She was like, I'm not making assumptions, but... This is what I'm saying right now. But here's the tea. Here's, the, here's fucking the tea. Right truth. Look, you can see. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Why? Yeah. So I, <laughs> I get upset when. So she, this is an Asian American woman. I'm, I'm assuming this is an Asian American woman. Um, she went out of her way to create a beautiful, like, not beautiful, um, very well thought out um and, and with accessible yeah and, and accessible skit and and there's some funniness like dude there's a little bit of comedy to it like they did a little misdoubt fire like nod um and so like but at the same time the message still still stands heavy 
um, that no matter what black people do, black people, all they do is just exist. And that law enforcement or people are always threatened by their presence. And she went out of her way to address this issue uh, with a very, she didn't, I don't think she had a very high budget. Um, like the, it wasn't, like I said, it was very well done. So like, it didn't really need a large budget because like, it was just a lot of like photo cutting and all that stuff. But anywho, um, like she did this out of the goodness of her heart. And then like Netflix takes it and capitalizes on it. But not only that, but they won an Oscar for it. They won an Oscar for the film and they never even addressed it to her. And don't get me wrong. I don't think she made this film to win an Oscar. I don't think anybody who does anything for just social justice wins anything for a prize to say, I did it. All right. The work is done. You know, I don't think they do that, but, or people would do that. But at the same time, it's like, still recognize her for even like thinking of that idea. Like that was yeah, it's like, so credit incredible. Credit is due. Absolutely. So I am just, I get really upset when, when people take from, from people <laughs> and that they like, especially people taking big, from people, people taking from people. I mean, that's the whole thing of being people, right? Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I just, um, I don't know. What's your thoughts? Like, I, I'm obviously like, I'm, I sound just based off of like the, the stature of my voice. Like I'm annoyed, <laughs> first of all. Um, and second I, of all. I'm super annoyed. Yeah. But second of all. Second of all, I don't have a second of all. I thought I did, but go okay. on Kylie. <laughs> second of all, I have no second of all. No, I'm just, it's getting, um, it's just so played out this whole, like, taking advantage of creatives and then I'll say like even narrowing it down women and then even further it's like women of color yeah like, you see examples of this all the time like we'll we'll see um especially like on Instagram black creators creating things and like Walmart will turn around and like steal that print for a t-shirt or like oh, absolutely and then not credit them um and it's just like why do these people think that they just fucking can get away with stealing other people's intellectual property? Like mm -hmm. somebody had to go through the process of creating, which is not easy. Um, and then, especially if you're an indie artist or, you know, you're doing this on your own time and it's something that you've put in a lot of hours and effort into to have like a large corporation come in and like it, it also just makes me sad because it's like you think you're getting like a good opportunity right now and then approaches you offers you a contract maybe and i'm not going to say it's on her like but maybe she just didn't understand um how much of her story she was giving away mm -hmm. or just didn't think that because we never think we always assume the best of people at least i do so it's like if someone comes and is like oh let's have a business contract you your feeling is like that you've done something great and successful and then these people turn around and use you and don't even give you credit where credit is due. Like, these people treat artists like they're expendable. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, what is wrong with you? It's like, what oh, that's, it's like, oh, that's so pretty. That's great. I'm going to take it and then I'm going to inflate it as profit. 
and you're not involved. Thank you. Get out of here. Yeah, like done your part. It's but she didn't even ask for all that. Like I think she was only she only expected to just have that like now this feature, and then, and then that was it. Like I don't think she expected like a whole ass film to come out of her project. And then also yeah. not only that, but if if Netflix made this film right, and they made this film, and now this wasn't on the credits then I don't think she would have been as suspect. I'm sure she would have dived in deeper to try to find what was going on. Um, but the fact that it was like... like storyline is pretty specific. Yeah. Not a lot of people like make skits where it's like, you're black, you're shot, you wake up, you relive the same day. You're black, you're shot, you wake up, you relive the same day. Like, like I said, the only other film that I can think of that did something very similar, but it had nothing to do with the black. It didn't really have anything about racial specific experience was Russian doll. And that was a series. It was a very short series. It had not, um, what's her name? Not, not Natalia. Is it Natalie or Natalia Leone? She, she was from orange is the new black, but anywho, um, that was I that love was... that your references are so like <laughs> this is where I feel like old. I'm like, my soul is so old. I love that your references are so new. I'm like, I was like, oh yeah, like Groundhog Day. And you're like, yeah, like Russian doll. They're like, oh. <laughs> well, ground like that's that's also a thing we can talk about a little bit. Like I didn't realize that's what Groundhog Day meant. I when people tell me Groundhog Day, I think I think it's just some animal that pops out of the, the cuts and is like Oh, it's okay, yeah. you're black. It's, it's like, is that a shadow? <laughs> That's a shadow. Hey, bitches, it's winter for another few months and then goes back underneath the ground. Like, that's all I think what Groundhog Day is. Like, I don't think it's anything, like, anything significant. I didn't think it meant, like, you're reliving the same day over and over again. No, it's a movie. Have you not seen the, you've not seen the movie? Oh, Bill no. Murray. I think it's Bill Murray. No. Feels like he, oh, it's a Bill Murray movie? And he, oh, yeah, and no. he like relives the same day over and over again. So that's why when I said it, I was like, she's not getting this reference, and it's... I don't... Yeah, I didn't get the reference. No, not at all. My, I oh, missed it. It was one of those movies that, like, the aunts <laughs> like, rented. You're black. <laughs> I was like, you're black, don't worry about it. My white aunts introduced me to Groundhog Day many a year ago. <laughs> No, there's a lot of movies I missed out on because it was either like rated R or it was like my mom would watch it and I'm like, oh, this looks boring. It's not anime. So, like, <laughs> so it's fine, whatever. Oh my God. Oh, I feel silly. Okay, that's what, that's what you meant. I thought yeah, you meant the anime. holiday. Like, I for like Kylie, why, what does this have to do with the furry yeah. animal? Get out of here with your reference. That is why. The more you know. <laughs> Anyway, I hope Cynthia Cow gets the recognition that she deserves. Um, yes. I I really hope that for her because I'm tired of all these like, you know, I'm just gonna say all these white directors getting all all the rise and praises, and then like they're trying to like tuck this Asian woman under the rug and like no, let's bring her out and give her her goddamn flowers. God damn it! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like so I feel the same way about this as I do about like people who like create fake profiles of other like a content creator you mm-hmm. know and i'm just like this person is literally like doing the best they can to express their own individuality and like you come along and be a fucking shysty shady person and like steal their content and make fake pages i'm like for what i feel like the work that you put into like cloning somebody's page you could have just 
gone out and done something creative yourself. Right? Yeah. Also, I just discovered, I got baby's first fake profile. Somebody copied me and I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, I was like, what the, I'm like, Kylie, what? Because <laughs> the last time I saw a duplicate profile, it was for your hair. It was for your hair Instagram. And I'm like, who's pretending to be her? And, you know, I was being absolutely suspicious. And so you're like, no, 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 that's my hair profile. That's my hair profile. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, that's good. But then when I saw the underscore one, I'm like, what is this bitch doing? Did she what? make another profile? I'm like, nah, no way. And so I, that's when I hit you up. You're like, oh, no nope oh no i was like this is not me and then i was just like i don't know what they're i don't know what they're doing i don't know like i feel like i don't because i'm not like marketing a brand on my page like it's literally just me guys it's just me posting funny like stories about my day at work and like my makeup and dresses and shit you just need to send out an sos being like this ain't me this is not me I want my blue check now. Okay, someone tried to copy my <laughs> my profile. I need a blue check. <laughs> I need a blue check. I don't basically. think that. Ha- I don't know how that that. Verify works. me. Hashtag verify. Verify me. <laughs> Please verify that I am who I say I am. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, um, that also happened to um, another one of my friends where someone duplicated her account and used her photo, and she was also. Um, she's also a content creator and so it's like okay um she was on it quick though she was like this ain't me this isn't me hey report this asshole (laughs) i don't know where they're trying to do i know like what will happen is like i think just creating fake identities like i heard the rumors that people will try to reach out and say like hey what's up click this link and then it just becomes like a fucking virus like yeah uh all right so moving along uh, on the stay in Black history, um, turns out that on May 2nd, 1920 in Indiana was the first Negro League baseball game. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I got introduced to like the Negro League of Baseball literally through um, like their hats because my uncle would collect them. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I didn't really understand I was I was a lot younger and I wasn't really like into sports or anything, but like I didn't really understand the significance mm-hmm. of the Negro League, and um, I just thought that the logos were cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, when did like the Negro League? When did you like first learn that this was like a thing? Um, I felt just growing up like I've always known, um or I had like the strong inkling um, because of the hype of Jackie Robinson, um, where Jackie Robinson was like the first black man to go to be in the major league baseball team. Um, And so by hearing that, I assumed that, okay, there has to be like another league that's specific to black men and like you know looking at the year it was happening in 1920 of course because like there's still signs out in society being like whites only colored only like you know so I just I had the suspicion um and of course growing older like I heard about it so like I wasn't you know I wasn't this is gonna sound weird I wasn't like upset I just it just felt like a weird a weird normalized ideal because of that it happened 
Um, and that like, you know, like my dad would also talk about it a little bit too. Um, but like he, he kind of had like this spite against like the major league baseball team because of the Negro league baseball team. Um, and that it was, uh, that it was separated. And he's like, well, we don't need these people anyway, talking about white people. <laughs> so, like, so, um, but anywho, like, yeah, like I, I just figured that that was the case, um, that there was probably a league specifically for black people, just like how there were schools specifically for black people and, and bathrooms specifically for black people, but not for their benefit. It's just to withhold the idealisms of white supremacy. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, like I like don't really watch a lot of baseball or I'm not really a big fan of baseball. Like the last time I was really like paying attention is when like Barry, Barry Bonds was part of um, baseball. Like obviously this is in, in 1920, this is like much later, but um but other than that, like, I didn't really get into it. Like, I grew up with my dad really liking it, but I didn't really follow suit. But recreationally-wise, I liked playing it. Like, it, playing baseball is really fun. <laughs> so, but yeah, I thought it was, like, interesting that it, like, you know, 1920 was the first game. And 1920 was also the year of a lot of, um, you know, like the like the peak when jazz came out too um and so like I'm sure, a lot of social like upheaval in the 20s yeah, absolutely and so like i felt like that was just kind of like a very exciting time for black people to really manifest and create their own thing and show that that they're doing it um i know like there's a probably obviously a lot of obstacles but um i just felt like it was kind of like one of those things um also, I was reading about this gentleman's agreement that would happen in the late 1800s, which was interesting. So, like, obviously, this wasn't something that was, like, wanted where there was, like, like the, the segregation from this was, like, interesting because baseball was, was intentionally divided by a color line by a gentleman's agreement, like, quote, unquote, called the gentleman's agreement, where it just banned black players from white leagues. And so... Like, when all these things are happening, it's not like Black people are coming up and unionizing, being like, we want our own game. It's more so like white people are trying to keep them out. Um, yeah. So I just want to make um, sure that people understand the difference, <laughs> you know? I think this is one of those prime examples, like when people talk about um, the division between um, races and specifically relationships between Black and Brown communities, um, and even more specifically, Black or African-American communities and Latinx communities. And I really think that um, white supremacy has really like tried to push this narrative that like black and brown people don't get along or like um, the Hispanic people or Latin people don't get along with like African-Americans, which is, I, I think is like a myth that we are dispelling now is even just having like the Latinx and including like the um, Afro-Latin diaspora um, and I, you can see like the roots of our union together because the Negro Leagues were also a place where you could find Latin players. Mm -hmm. You know, all the, now it's like um, I feel like the baseball world is filled <laughs> absolutely with like oh, it's hella Dominican players. Dude. <laughs> it's hella like, Dominican, hella Cubans, like hella black people. 
Um, and it's like, this is the birthplace of that, right? Um, and it's just like, look at what we've achieved when we work together. And so this is like one of those things that I look at when people are talking about like the division. And I can say it's like, like now like we pretty much have got each other's backs and had each other's backs, you know, since way back when, since even the 20s, like Latin and African culture, African-American culture, it's been tied together and we influence one another. Like there's definitely overlap. There's definitely intersectionalities there. Um, and so it's just like, I, I like to see the growth and that does give me hope. Yeah, no, and, and, and I mean, it, everything starts from somewhere, right? So I, I'm really glad to see that, that, you know, it's grown the way that it's grown um, since those times. Um, but obviously like the main theme of everything is I still always got work to do. Um, so there's always work, there's always going to be work. Like there's nothing that ever is ever going to be finalized because like, you know, that work can always be receded. Um, so um, some interesting facts I want to kind of give some baseball card facts, if you guys don't mind calling it that. Um, oh boy. <laughs> so one of the players, uh, Satchel Paige, uh, was one of the top stars of the Negro Leagues. Um, everybody glorifies, you know, Jackie Robinson, rightfully so, but I think it'd be nice to just kind of talk about a couple of the other guys who are really good, like who are amazing at the sport. Um, we got... Josh Gibson had the second highest batting average in history. Um, so batting average is, I'm assuming that's when they hit the ball. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to, the, welcome to uh, Veronica Explains Sports. Learns about baseball. <laughs> right. Um, my dad would be so proud. Um, and then... Obviously, uh, Jackie Robinson played his first major league game on April 15th, 1947. So not too far away from today's date, but still like pretty, pretty good. Um, and then it looks like uh, just another like last baseball card fact, but more like a fact fact, not like a person fact is that uh, by the 1940s, the ballpark became a place for community gatherings. Negro League Baseball was the largest black owned organization in America. And the league did its part to aid the community living with segregation. Owners raised money to support anti-lynching campaigns, the United Negro College Fund, and the NAACP. So I thought that was that was a pretty good. Like I love it when black people make things and then they're like, we're immediately gonna support our own because we need to do it. Like yes. and it's and it's not even hiding money. They're like, we're gonna help people who are you know, we're going to help the children because they're going to want, they're going to be the ones to carry on the legacy. So I thought it was a really nice gem to talk about that baseball, even though we don't really know much about baseball, but it's always nice to talk about because it's a big thing in black history. Yeah. Yes. Yay. So Miss Kyla, do you have anything for our sexual wellness segment today? <laughs> Get your maturity hats on boys and girls. Uh, today's paraphilia is a proctophilia. What is Which, that? as promised, as for our last episode, oh boy, <laughs> this is the flatulence fetish. The what fetish? Flatulence, because we're mature. It's the fart fetish. It's the gas oh, fetish. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Because people are weird. 
go on, Kylie. Just keep talking. Because um, people are strange. So aproctophilia <laughs> is um, the arousal by flatulence, via flatulence. And it's typically, as with like most paraphilias, um, found mainly in men. I don't know why. Maybe men are just more vocal about like the the fetishes that they like, and so and I could see especially with this fetish. Um, but men are but, okay. Masculine culture. <laughs> <they're> gross. <laughs> masculine culture. Like I know a lot of guys who just have no shame about just letting their cheeks flop. So like, I would not be surprised that that exists more in men than does in women because women are very very mindful about what like fem- feminine culture we're very mindful about how we fart <laughs> like we'll do things to make sure that the farts are not audible <laughs> like the quick like silent so like the silent pooters like or whatever you want to call it like i anyway go on please just i don't want to stomp all over what you're trying to say go on. <laughs> um <clears throat> God so damn it. <laughs> studies show that it's typically heterosexual men um, who enjoy being farted on by women. Um, but of course there's other studies that are like, well, no, it's really like just across the board. It doesn't have to be like a heterosexual relationship. It, it could be men who are into like only men farting. This could be part of like gym culture, um, which I thought was interesting. It was like men farting in front of other men and getting off on it. And I don't know if it's like you said where um, it's kind of like more socially acceptable for men to fart. And so if you are a man who has like been made to feel like ashamed about your body and then like not feeling comfortable farting, I could see how this could be like a, a thing where you're like, oh, I did it. And like, I'm one of the guys now. Or like, oh, like, I'm a real man. I'm a masculine man. Look at me go. I'm so weird. Oh, wait. oh boy! Oh jeez, Rick, <laughs> Jessica. I feel like Morty would definitely be into sniffing Jessica's parts. Um, yeah, so I don't really uh, like as in every fetish, just like a million different directions you could take this in. Um, <laughs> but really, get back into like possibly the nerdy portion of this is um, like I kind of see this as being like understandable from a standpoint of just like biology, like smelling your partner's odors and like having it be a biological test of like health and attraction. That's like at the baseline animal instinct level. Okay. Shaming. This is a kink shame. <laughs> kink shame like... is not okay. No? <laughs> no, you're not with it. Okay, I know one guy who was very about not giving a fuck where he's at, and he'll just, like, let it loose. Like... Violent. He chose violence. (laughs) He chooses violence, yeah. Um, I know other people who are very polite about it and will walk away from their friends to do the thing and then come right back. Just don't let it hang in your drawers, you know? Like, just shake it out. (laughs) But my fears are when, you you know, when you're in your room and you're all alone 
and like you know you let one loose like that's fine like there's you just like ah yes comfort <laughs> but my i don't like accidentally like tooting when i'm sleeping next to my partner um because a no one wants to smell that in the morning uh it's just I don't think this is it but there's always going to be like particles of fecal matter no matter how how small farts are farts for a reason there it's in your rectal cavity they're released through your rectal cavity like so there's always going to be particles of fecal matter I'm not saying I'm shitting my pants but no matter how small this is why we wash our undies like (laughs) And three, like, if there is a three, I don't just, I don't know, like, I'm pretty good about consistently eating and staying hydrated, but there are some folks who are just smell wretched. But you know that wretched smell means something not right. Yeah, that's true. This is true. If something's not, yeah, if the wretched smell does, does reflect on your health and what you're eating. And so that's fair. Like, I mean, I guess if I were to use like the fart thing to my advantage if I was still in the dating pool. I would smell it to be like, man, are you taking care of yourself? Because I don't want to fucking take care of your ass. I need to make sure that you know. Fart check, yeah. I need to make sure that you are a grown-ass person who knows how to manage their shit. (laughs) Manage (laughs) their shit. (laughs) And And then also knowing that, like, you know, when is it too much? It's okay to go get fast food every so often, but is it okay to get fast food every day? No, or I maybe eating those hot Cheetos are good for the for the craving, but is it okay to eat hot Cheetos every day? Nah. Am I gonna sit there and watch you eat beans, rice, and milk? Get the fuck out of my way! Like, no, that sounds like, like that sounds like somebody's like wet dream. They're like, please eat this bean, cheese, rice, and milk, and then in like forty five minutes, come hit my face with that. Dude, that, that's very, I mean, that, that's a wet dream. It's a wet reality because those parts would be wet as fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I I guess I would only use it just to, I think what's weird about farts is like, I would definitely assess health and judgment. <laughs> God, that's fucked up. But, um, but I don't think I would ever use it as a kink. But for those who do... I don't know how y'all do it, but I mean, go off. So the thing that gets me is just like, I really um, appreciate the, this is why sex work is work. Because when you have like a fetish like this, right? Like where, where are you going to go? Um, your girlfriend might not be the one. Yeah. Who going to be like feeling comfortable farting in your face, especially like, in the society that we are, have all grown up in here in America and around the world where it's like women aren't supposed to be farting. We're supposed to be dainty creatures, laddie daddy. But it's also like, we came to party. Yeah, we came to party. But it's just like, uh, and then you go, you go to a professional, right? Somebody who's uh, like, cool, give me your money. I'll fight in your face. And uh, and it's just like, this is why it's work. Because we don't, like, your girlfriend doesn't want to do it for you. Get a professional. Find somebody who will. Um, and it's just like, uh, good, good on them. I don't, could you imagine, like, 
could you be paid to fart on someone? Is that a line you would cross? I mean, are these part of dominatrix services? Yeah, I think probably it would fall under maybe that that type of work. Let's have a fart bar. A fart bar. Fart, a fart lounge. Put all the... <laughs> I'm giving somebody out there a business idea. Like, just make a lounge for those who are in that and then making sure that also that there's a release form that you have to sign before walking in. It could be and, like femme farts or cute toots. But listen, here, here's, here's the thing. Like, oh, this is a great idea. I'm going to run with this idea. <laughs> do it. But like, how do we make this a, a business where it's like, <laughs> You got to make sure there's air purifiers everywhere. When you vacuum, don't use, actually, first of all, don't use carpet because people will be drinking at this lounge. So if people spill shit, like at least it doesn't soak up in the carpets, but also the farts don't soak up in the carpets. Right. So we got that. Okay. Um, there's a vending machine. The floor laminate. All right. there's, <laughs> there's a vending machine to purchase undies. So you can purchase undies as a joke, but you can also purchase bundy, undies if, like, if you fart in there and you shit yourself, you can change. There's yes. little plastic baggies to put I your shit in I had a terrible, underwear. terrible image of you just being like, oh, yeah, so if you fart in there, shouldn't they? You can sell them in the vending machine. And I was like, no! Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like people who are into that, into, like, yeah, the smells would be, like, really into soiled undies. And I thought that's what the vending machine was going to be for. And I was like, ma'am. We're getting real out there. Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> and then around the whole facility, you have poopoori little sprayers, automatic, automated, that would go, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then as for furniture, yeah. Like it would just be the chairs with the holes in the bottom so men could put their faces in them. But, and the chairs can't be fabric. Chairs absolutely cannot be fabric. Like, All right, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> God damn it. Let's hit up the kink studio and see, we'll see what they got. But as a business owner of this, I can't be there. <laughs> this is why you have managers. <laughs> yeah, I cannot be there. Like, I, I will hire a, a nice qualified team of managers who know how to talk. And then also, I'd be like, listen. <laughs> If anything happens to you guys, it's guaranteed if you do the following things that you're always going to get a raise and you'll get therapy in conjunction. So if there's any asshole in there who won't stop letting his cheeks flop, and I mean by both ends, lips flopping, cheeks flopping, then yeah, I understand that, 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 that the entitlement can get weird. So, uh, if you're in this, or if you're part of this community, you can work here. But anywho, that would be a funny business idea. But yeah, that's where that's what I'm thinking. I always keep thinking about places to create a lounge. I want to make a lounge somewhere. That's because I feel like during this whole COVID thing, before I used to be like the social butterfly and like party planner with your cute charcuterie trays and like oh my gosh I haven't had the outlet for that energy and so having a lounge is like perfect because a it's not in your home it's like way easier to clean up 
Mm-hmm. People already, you can put your open and closing time on there. People know when it's time to leave. Yep. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Closing. Thank you for coming and having fun and like enjoying the space. Now it is time to leave. You guys can keep having fun, but you ain't gotta be here. Get in here. Yeah, I keep thinking about that because I was like, I really just want a place for people who can just chat and talk and whatever, but like not in a place where it gets loud. Like I would really try to figure out the acoustics so that way, like it doesn't get all echoey and dumb. And then also definitely make a capacity cap because, you know, crowded spaces don't make any sense. And it, okay. Oh. Uh, anything else you would like to talk about? No, that, is, that is it for the nerdy and dirty. Oh my gosh. Like I, I had a lot of fun reading um, about this and like, I looked at some videos and I was just like, well, this doesn't do anything for me. So this is definitely not the thing that I would be interested in pursuing, but it was just a, it was a laugh. It was a it's not on, it's not on the Kylie too smart menu. Is that what you're yeah, definitely not. It's not on, on the checklist for me <laughs> to know, but it was just fun to read about. I encourage you all to, to Google it. Yeah. It's a proctophilia. All right, so what's happening in the nerdum, just nerdy, which is what's happening in the nerdum of pop culture. So Yasuke follow-up. So far, so good. Yes. Okay, so I have questions. Um, I didn't get that far, by the way, but go on. Okay. Okay. Did you at least make it like the first three episodes? About the first three episodes, yeah. Okay, that's that's perfect. Um, Because I want to bring up some things. Uh, I feel like the like without being too spoilery, I feel like the first few episodes was definitely a lot okay. of things happening. H- how do you feel about Mecca's? As a so when I first when they first got into it, uh, like kind of showing like the prequel sequence of the first episode. Um, there were some mechs that were that were going on, and I thought it was interesting. So, Yasuke is obviously a real a real person, but there is a lot of liberties to put a little bit of, um, you know, kind of not emphasize anime pizzazz. Yeah, the anime pizzazz. Yeah, in it, and so like having the mechs and the magic and all that stuff was interesting. Um, I think. Having the mechs in there is, is interesting. I I thought it was a this is a huge reach, but because it's anime, it's an anime um, that there was a little bit of like Gundam Wing isms that I felt um, definitely. And so that's what that's what I thought was kind of cool, like the magic and having like the transforming like people was it like was a good was a good um, kind of like a beast. Uh, thing I'm trying I'm wondering if there's a lot of um, if there's more overtones of kind of like Japanese demons that they've kind of portrayed with some of the characters that they introduced later I know that doesn't really answer a question about the mechs but I haven't read about it but I know that there's kind of like that I guess I'm not getting too spoilery but there is another black man that shows up in the series but what was funny is like he was straight up like kind of like a shaman what it felt like 
And then when he heard Yasuke speak Japanese, he goes, he speaks Japanese? Like, he was so... <laughs> like, oh, there's a, a black man speaking Japanese. Hey, do you know... And then they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, all, like, the comments were so great. But um, so I'm, like, conflicted when it comes to mechas and specifically, like, this time period uh, mm-hmm. for Japanese history. I don't know, like... I don't, I don't know. Like, to me, I'm just like, uh, I'm still a little bit... They're afraid. very much so fictionalizing a nonfiction concept. So I wasn't... Yes. And they made it very obvious. Like, so I... They made I, it super obvious. Like, I wasn't terribly mad at it, but I was just like, I wasn't sure how well they were going to execute it because it looked like a lot. It looked like a bunch of, like, anime, like, geeks, nerds, and lovers had like come together and taken all of these tropes that they loved from like the animes that they saw growing up and just right. seemed, like, let's put it all in one. And so I was just like, Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to get overwhelmed with this or how cohesive this is going to be moving forward. Right. Um, it smoothed out. So just like that awkward feeling in the first few episodes, like just ride with it guys. Cause I very, I feel you on it. I very much had like the same kind of like visceral gut reaction. I was like, Oh no, this could either be like, this is either going to be really great or it's going to be like way too much. It was just like editing needed. Like some, a parent yeah. needs to be in his room with a bunch of ideas or just like thrown, thrown around. Um, but it, it smoothed out. Um, I absolutely love the music. The intro still kind of gets me because I'm just like, I haven't seen enough of the, we'll see what, what the whole like story right. arc will be. Mm-hmm. Because it does feel it's it's Thundercat, you know, so it does feel a little like baby music making ish, and I was like, not sure how well <laughs> this is going with like the exploding limbs and like <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I didn't really get too much of that. Um, what was funny is I've been on and off this whole year. I've been singing Dragon Ball Do Rag to Cash, mm-hmm. <laughs> just in passing, and then. Um, when we were listening, when we were watching Yasuke and he heard the end credits, he was like, wait a minute. And he's like, is this, is this the Dragon Ball Do-Rag guy? <laughs> You're like, yes, thank you Flying Lotus yes, for putting this together. And he's I'm like, like you scammed me. You <laughs> scammed me. Yeah, it was the long play, Cash. <laughs> She's been preparing you for this moment and this moment alone. Yeah. So some yeah. of the some of the um, the historical accuracy is with um, with Yasuke's out- outfits and his um, his also his uh, I'm gonna say his owner not Nobu Bunga or whatever his name is. Nobunaga. Nobunaga. Yeah, like the, don't even. <laughs> sorry, Nobunaga. I uh, he um, they're they they're using a lot of the the same like outfit concepts that they have like gathered in actual like pictures um so that's that was pretty cool that they kept it pretty close to that um and but yeah i'm wondering like i what was funny is like me mispronouncing uh his master's name is like they also like miss they couldn't conceptualize you know yasuke's actual homeborn name and they're like um we're just gonna call you yasuke okay Yasuke sounds good. <laughs> it felt very Toby. 
Um, Toby. Yeah, it felt very Toby from the roots. But uh, other than that, like, I mean, I figured that was going to be the case because it's like, you know, with foreign names, like the people who are not from those regions are always going to have some difficulty. And so they're always going to want to slap a, a nickname to make it easier, more convenient for themselves instead of making it respectful for the person. Um, which I'm sure we all have experienced in some weird form. Um, or, you know, it could be as simple as like, hey, what's your name? Isn't it like Vanessa? And it's like, it's Veronica, but just call me. They're like, okay, well, I'll just call you V, you know? Even though yeah. I go by V these days, but I, I also like some dark side of it is like, I did do it out of convenience because people kept screwing it up, so. But I don't care because I actually like the ring of it. So, right. Sometimes V, um, and I think uh, let me back to Yas. Back to Yasuke. Yeah. Uh, I think they did some like <laughs> beautiful work, like actually tying in the significance of him being a samurai and like how um, radical that was of Oda Nobunaga to raise him yeah. to that position. Yeah. Um, especially being a black man and then also being a slave because, you know, caste system is real. Like yep. Daimyo and organization back then, like it was a legit thing. And basically why you had so many different splits or why the unification was not as smooth as it was in the Edo period was because of like this very strict line drawn in like traditionalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love the... Um, the Christian priest character and how mm-hmm. they handle him and like really so I, I kind of um, enjoy seeing shows where especially like in this era where like crusaders and the like, Christians to these cultures from their perspectives are shown in a more demonic light yeah and how um, like proselytizing in that era was really like a a way of um, like gentrification and like the power play that goes along with religion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fascinating. I think they tackled that really well on the shows. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to to many more episodes. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to finishing off this this season and uh, look hoping for more. Like so far, I'm I'm pretty. I'm pretty, I'm in it, so I'm, in I'm it. not going I'm not anywhere. not going to lie, like, I was a little, like, low-key upset when they introduced that young girl, and I was like, are they really going to, like, name it Yasuke, but make it about, like, this kid? This white yeah. kid. I mean, in all anime like, tropes, there's always going to be some pink <laughs> anime girl, so, I mean, she wasn't, like, pink hair and everything, but there is always going to be a pink one. So I'm sickly. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> All right, moving quite along. Um, so yes. I tried a new thing, the Ring Fit Adventure. Um, yeah, it's been fun. And basically you get this like nice, like big ring, which I should have had here on the podcast with us, but that's okay. Um, and it's like a resistance ring. So you use it to exercise where you do a lot of pushing in, you do a lot of pulling out like this. Um, oh, wait, actually, it looks like this. Uh, not the one exactly, but it looks like this. So you can Ooh. push it, you can squeeze it, or you can pull out. 
You can have it over your head and squeeze it. You can put it down here and squeeze it. It's like kind of nice. It kind of reminds me of these like old. Remember like when your mom yes, used to, to have the like the thigh master, bitch, the yes. thigh master. I cannot believe it. It works as a thigh master. It's perfect. It's great. Um, Are you feeling yeah. the burn? <laughs> I am feeling the burn. But um, I kind of made like a small like tweet about it. And then apparently like there's someone who's going hardcore, hardcore about it. And I'm only at level seven. And uh, it's the difficulty that I put on it. It's pretty hard. I've had to like actually like, knock it down because like I was barely getting through each workout. Um, but Derek Montilla, who I think is now uh, a rival of mine on Twitter, even though he probably <laughs> just, even though he probably just considers me as like a, a, like a, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, when people are smaller than you. You're just a Kohonomaru. A Kohonomaru. Kohonomaru! <laughs> Basically, uh, he probably is, like, just looks down at me being like, filth, you're never going to get as good as me. Because apparently this guy's over 200 levels. Or he's like over level 200 on the Ring Fit Adventure. And he's like, get on my level. And so I'm like, okay. So my goal I'm is trying. To, my goal is to get up to 300. Even though by the time I get up to 300, he's probably going to be up to 600. So we'll see. But I love this for you. <laughs> I can't wait to see you. <laughs> he like bust out them guns and like <laughs> come through with that like level 100. <laughs> it's going to be so great. Um, but this also reminds me of like the Fitbit steps, like competitions. Yeah, and there's always that one person who literally like running marathons every day, and they're like, "I have a hundred thousand steps," and you're just like, "How? What are you doing in your day?" I bet he's one of those people that's like working out, like at work, at his desk, staying fit while he's like doing the thing on the computer, managing. I feel like this is going to be your life now dedicated to the it's ring. going to be my life i'm going to sit there at work with the resistance band at these zoom meetings like this <laughs> you're like what are you doing b oh you know just working out because you know desk jobs are the new cancer so you <laughs> gotta gotta keep active <laughs> that's for real that is for real all right, so oh I'm excited. The Ring Fit Adventures, it's very cute. Um, there is an RPG, um, RPG aspect to to the game. So you're following along a little adventure. You have to meet, beat this, like, tool bag monster. Um, and, like, he works out a lot. And he looks like, you know, if Kurt Angle were to eat the wrong monster treat, he would turn into that. So, um, and I... Yeah, and, like, you know, there's a little guy that, like, encourages you and says, like, you're doing all these things right. Yay, just go a little deeper. Hang on to that spot a little more, you know. So you have a little guy that encourages you all the time. So that's kind of nice. Um, but, yeah, it's cool. And then there's also a section where you can customize your workouts and you can just do, like, a rep of whatever here and there, like, instead of doing the adventure time. So... I'm gonna be I'm gonna be following along the RPG just because like that's the person I am. <laughs> but uh, I'm like she's gonna unlock all of the uh, side quests. <laughs> I am a weird completionist, and that's actually what I'm doing with Breath of the Wild, which is a Legend of Zelda game. Like I'm trying to finish everything on my main quest, 
because I started the master quest and I felt weird. I was like, it doesn't feel right. So I need to go back to my main quest and finish Let everything. Let me go back to step one. <laughs> yeah. Doing the master quest, I was like, okay, I've been humbled. I need to go back. <laughs> She's been humbled. Um, and then ooh, ongoing, it sounds like that anime and gaming conventions are trying to make a physical comeback, but some are staying virtual, which is interesting. So Fanime is going to do virtual this year. Um, they have made that announcement. Like last year they canceled because of COVID reasons, uh, which is on, which is great. Good. Uh, but for this year, they're going to go virtual. So um, I can't remember which weekend, but they usually do like the weekend before the weekend uh, of uh, Memorial day. And it's going to be a three day convention. It's not going to be a four day. Um, and uh, they're just, you know, they're going to do virtual panels mostly. I'm sure there's going to be some performances and games and stuff. So just, you know, if anybody's interested about seeing what's going on with anime, go check them out. And then BlurredCon is going to try a physical convention. So yes. that is going to be interesting. Um, they basically said in their guidelines, like there was a email that was sent out that they said that anybody attending this convention must have been vaccinated and they must show their vaccine card. So BlurredCon, I am sending y'all prayers. I hope everybody, you know, does what they're supposed to do and I hope it's a good convention. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it with conventions. Like, you know, I think, I'm not sure if BlurredCon gets that big cause I've never seen it before, but I know like conventions like KenyobiCon that are like Bay Area, they're really, that's, it's a small convention. So I feel like they can get away with doing something small in a hotel. Um, whereas Fanime, that's like a national wide, like people fly out to that shit. And so same thing with um, Anime Expo and sometimes SAC Anime. I think it depends on the season. I think if it's SAC Anime summer, like a bunch of people fly out to it. If it's SAC Anime winter, it's still pretty small. So um I think depending on like the average, like, you know, attendance rate, I think some places are going to try to do in person. And I think it's, I'm very much against in-person events still, like big events. Um, I know that I've seen some like monstrosities with people still trying to hold these like big things, like giant, giant events. I'm not, yeah, like I saw an event where there was like a bunch of people there, half were masked, half weren't, and people are saying, we're vaccinated. It doesn't matter. I'm like, but it does. I went and so and where I'm coming with that is like there's a great example and it's not really that great I just need to make sure that my sarcasm is clear that India their cases are surging like oh there's like days videos that are surfacing right now about like all the crematoriums and just like how India is faring right now it's like devastating. yeah they they declared two months ago saying that they're, that they're fine, everything, there's not a lot of stuff going on. And then now, like after they said, we're fine, we're great. Like we don't have to do any of that. We're still gonna do our processes for putting people fly in, but we're fine. But now like there's a huge surge of cases, which I'm sure it's a different like permutation of the, of the coronavirus. Um, so whatever version that they have, it has been like wiping them out. And so, when it come back like, to I just us. think that there's like population control there like as as much as there is here you know like people were like 
quarantining. Like, I don't really think that's necessarily a thing, especially in a lot of parts of India where it's just like people are all having to walk to the same water source. So it's just like, you can't, you know, you can't really isolate people are, and then this water is, you know, flowing from up above. So whatever happening up above is going to be as above, so below. Um, there's no way of like isolating one population in India from another. And so you just have this like sweeping through and it has been devastating. Yeah, it's it's been really sad. And I I have a couple of friends who are Indian and who are just like, this is crazy. Uh, but then there's also people I know who are into dial saying like, this is just embellished stories. I'm like, okay, whatever it is, I don't think people are going to lie about these like, cr- like what you're saying, these like cremated uh, crematoriums you started. So- yeah, so um, I had seen um, videos of like, India being so, their crematoriums being so overpopulated that they've literally just started burning bodies outside and they'll have like these huge different pyres, you know. Oh yeah, I did see the pyres, yeah. And they're doing these pyres and they're just multiple people at once. They're doing many different, like, they'll have like 50 pyres going and it's still not enough. And they're like, we are having to, to do this constantly. Mm-hmm. And there's no like really keeping up. So it's just like it just makes me think of like um back in the day with the the bubonic plague and how like bodies would pile up and like how they dealt with um that like overflow, this unimaginable amount of people and it's just how you treat your dead too, especially culturally, it's just um yeah it just it's mind-boggling to me it's a whole other world yeah sometimes like we have first world problems here and it's really easy to forget like yeah it's shitty that you can't go to the bar karen but there's literally (laughs) continent people who are you know what i mean um open and susceptible and who are yeah so going lack of like access to clean water and like yeah areas yeah but like the example of them thinking like you know like i said india there was like a public thing saying like we are we're good we're fine and then a couple months later they're not um whereas like we want i think just taking that as an example and don't get me wrong i hope i hope that whatever's going on over there like you know smooths out at some point like it's really sad to hear about these tragedies happening over in a different continent because we're all on the same earth like sure india is a big country but it doesn't matter like we're still on one earth here um but like i hope the united states and also even like smaller communities like be very very mindful about gatherings still um and so like if you're vaccinated and you're with like a small group of people that's great like you can be with a small group of people just don't be all up in each other's faces um if, but if you're not vaccinated like you know you still gotta kind of quarantine a little bit but if also if you're hanging out with somebody who's vaccinated just make sure like eat just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean that you're immune so um let's still continue to be mindful and proactive um and also keeping everybody's boundaries um but as for like these big anime events like having a big event is foolish having a small event um not as foolish but it, it might be possible if the right precautions are taken um, um and then also just like 
I don't know where you've been like getting your little fix for that like mini blurred con experience, but um, <laughs> on Instagram, uh, I've been following a lot of uh, different cosplayers and different blurred people and uh, maybe Montel. I love mm -hmm. his channel. Like he's constantly got something going on. He's interviewing cosplayers and, and other um, content creators and other blurred artists. And um, he's like, I, I, I don't want to say I can't find any fault in him because you never know we're all human. But so far, like he's been very like clear and transparent about um, like calling other people out on their bullshit you know, whether you're or not, like you're being just like an obnoxious person in the space and just being yeah. okay, like this, this is not for the culture, like we don't do that here. Um, but then also just like lifting up other other like artists and, and it doesn't seem to matter to him um, like what your age is, you know, necessarily what your experience or connections are within the field. It's, it just seems like he picks people um, who've been doing the work, and it's like it doesn't mm -hmm. really matter whether or not like they're well known. Because mm -hmm. there's some people where I'm just like, oh, like this is a smaller page that I started following, but it's like still he's giving them rececognition, which is great. So shout yeah. out maybe Montel, he's everybody's blurred uncle. He's great. That's where I've been getting my fix. I'm like, oh, let's see who's going live with today. Who like what cosplayer is he talking to right now? Or what oh, and the artist is he interviewing? Like it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just kind of expanding on that, like I find channels, whether through Twitch or Instagram or whatever, to kind of get the, my, my little nerdy fixes, right? So like, for example, like I've been following like King Vader, for example, for the longest time. And like, he has all these really, really cool, like spoofs and uh, versions of, of, uh, like comedic versions of nerdy things that happen. So like, for example, he's done the boys, he's done Batman, he's done the matrix, he's done Naruto, he's done, he's done basically it all. And same thing with Mark Phillips, like Mark Phillips is hilarious uh, where he's done his, like, I don't watch basketball that often, but the skits he does about LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James, LeBron James. <laughs> why did I? Why did I have to say it like that to get it right? LeBron but anyway. James. LeBron James. LeBron James. But anyway, uh, yeah, he does skits on like basketball stars, current day basketball stars. But he's also done like Anime House. He's done um, all these like you know, concepts about life that, like, how do we actually take it serious instead of just dismiss it? Like, it's great. So, um, I've been kind of doing that. I've also been following a lot of, like, women cosplayers. I follow cosplayers all the time because I like their makeup and their, like, their makeup tutorials. I like how they kind of lip sync little, little skits and, like, they do their makeup at the... Yeah, they're little TikToks. So I don't watch TikTok on TikTok, by the way. I watch it on Twitter. But, like, the, the whole point is, like, I get my little fixes like that. So then that way I'm not feeling, like, alone in the nerd space. Um, I know that there's a lot of people in the nerd space. And also, I hang out with a bunch of nerdcore rappers virtually all the time. So it's, like, oh, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Not like, everyone I, has your blessed existence, okay? These are just <laughs> examples. Like, we don't have to copy what Veronica does. Like... You know, my boys in Arizona with the Matt Mania podcast, shout out to podcast Matt Mania. Um, 
they they get together on a weekly basis and just talk about wrestling just to get their wrestling fixes in the in the pandemic world you know and they've been doing it before the pandemic world because that's a safe space for them to talk about wrestling without someone being like wrestling though you know so people in spandex uh oh, damn but, right brother it was only good when the rock was there you know <laughs> cold steve austin days oh my god those are good but yeah, like I, I think just making sure, like, don't make your spaces just exclusive to conventions. Make sure that your spaces are ongoing in other places. Like, I'm so glad with the technology we have today, which is my meme of saying this. But the the access to everything that we have today, there are spaces where we can create them and, and participate in. Just as long as you're not being an ass, and if you're being an ass, you get banned. So. Moving along, uh, so our call to action segment: How you can make a change. Unfortunately. Um, Natalia Smut Lopez, who is an Afro Puerto Rican trans uh, gender woman, um, was uh, violently murdered in late April. Uh, she is the 17th trans person to die by violence this year, comparative to the 44 that was reported in 2020. Um, and so she was murdered by the person that was most closest to her, which was her partner. Um, which was her uh, boyfriend. And so he was already convicted of murder. Um, and so I think he's going to be put away for a long time. Uh, but this really hit the, um, the, uh, the drag world because she was also a drag artist. She's locally from San Jose, like from this area. And like, I saw a, a like just basically the that world surge when I saw a bunch of posts and all that happen. And so I am absolutely appalled and disappointed that again, that she is another statistic um, and that she's also another black person who has passed away because of, because someone, I don't know what may have started that, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was motivated by who by just you know her embracing the person that she is so um but anywho she was um, only 24 like she was only 24 yeah but i can't make too many assumptions because again i don't know what's too much but anyway there is a gofundme a memorial gofundme out there uh i would definitely look it up uh so that way we can just kind of fund so far she's about that GoFundMe is about halfway to through the uh, goal, um, and I think they're raising about twenty-two thousand. So, uh, if you guys want to help out some local, um, the local drag community, uh, definitely go ahead and go to that GoFundMe and, like you know, um, support support so that way she can finally rest in peace. Um, yeah, their their GoFundMe, by the way, is um, help bring justice to the beautiful Natalia Smut. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kylie. By Kiara all day. So that was her friend who started that for her. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but other than that, um, I don't have anything for Big Move Monday today. Um, uh, so I don't necessarily have something for Big Move Monday, but I do have a shout out for Everyone Lifestyles. Um, okay. They are on Instagram, and what they do is they um, post pop ups for art communities and for like basically for us locals um like all the way from like san francisco all the way down to like big sur um and i've just been seeing a lot of it's mainly just like 
the communities that we have here. So it's like all kinds of communities of color and it's like people who maybe during COVID uh, you know, lost their jobs and have started new ventures and new businesses. Um, so it's really just been a nice way to track like music, um, to track pop-ups, to get people to connect with um, like some of the local businesses that maybe are no longer operating out of a brick and mortar and um, giving them like these opportunities to do their pop-ups and like these safe spaces and get the word out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, shout out to them. They've, I've been seeing some great events on there. Some, it's like nice uh, family friendly, art, music, food. So um, that, that's really great for the culture. Go check them out. Yeah. Through one lifestyles, yeah. So, all right. So I think that comes down to a close with our today's, uh, with today's podcast. Thank you for listening to Lady Bird Sings the Blues. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Pods, and our original home, SoundCloud. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Lady Blurred's Podcast. For questions and suggestions about the show, please email us at don'tcastandrive at gmail.com. Spelled as don't cast and drive. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Like and subscribe us on YouTube. YouTube. Oh, that's right. And the YouTubes and the YouTubes. All right. Bye.